1: is now on ESPN Radio.
2: So sad, man. Fleetwood Mac, definitely one of my favorite bands. Soundtracks of your childhood, right? Like the stuff that your parents listen to, always sticks with you. Especially if then you grow up and you learn about it on your own, and you realize, oh my gosh, not only was it nostalgic for me to think about, but also it's just damn cool. Like I would have liked it anyways if it didn't remind me uh, of being a kid. Uh, certainly, that's where Fleetwood Mac lies for me. Certainly, one of my mother's favorite. Bands and uh, just awesome listening. Christine McVie, one of the lead singers of Fleetwood Mac died today uh, at the age of 79. So uh, rest in peace to her. Certainly. Welcome back. is now ESPN radio, SWX Montana television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on this frigid Wednesday. Be safe out there. Big snowstorm coming. Could be as many as three inches in the Valley here in Missoula tonight. So uh, drive slow, drive safe, pack your coat, and, uh, you know, embrace it. If you're from out of state, if you're new around here, well, you know, I, uh, I was really, really wanting this. Uh, it's all about acclimation. You've got to prove that you're a Montanan if you want to be a Montanan. And that comes with the, uh, the wicked weather, as it were. Missing in the first hour of the show today. Fun first hour, Sam Herder, Hero Sports, talked all things FCS playoffs, bidding processes, top uh, first-round matchups, top round of 16 matchups. We also heard from Trayton Pickering, the uh, junior tight end, the pride of Sunburst Montana uh, for the Montana State Bobcats. And we heard from Mike Anderson, the Grizz hockey coach. By the way, we'll keep taking your texts for a couple more. Tell us your favorite Fleetwood Mac song. And if you do, that'll enter you in to win a pair of Grizz hockey tickets and a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So keep the texts coming in. What's your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? 406-888-1029. Time now for ESPN Roundtable, presented in part by Paradise Falls. Need a place to watch the Grizz play in Fargo on Saturday. Paradise Falls will have it on for you. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, that 1.30 p.m. kickoff time. They'll have some great lunch specials going on, as they always do as well. Also, Prime Rib Night is back at Paradise Falls. Get a full Prime Rib dinner for $20.95 every Wednesday. So uh, go check out Paradise Falls on the south side of town. The last time Montana and North Dakota State played was back in uh, 2015. And it was one of the memorable games that I've covered in my career as a sports writer and a radio broadcaster. It was a nationally televised game. And... uh, There was a lot of different angles to it, but Montana won that matchup 38-35. And uh, when Bobby Houck returned to Montana in 2018, you thought, okay, maybe his return could help get the Grizz back to the point where they could be rolling enough to be in competition to maybe just derail this NDSU dynasty. That hasn't happened yet, but a lot of people thought this year's Grizz team could be the one uh, that could make a run and uh, their play in North Dakota State maybe a little earlier than they would have anticipated or liked in the bracket. But nonetheless, the Grizz head to Fargo to take on NDSU on Saturday. So our guest on the ESPN Roundtable this week, a guy who's joined us before and happy to have him back again, is Jamal Jones. He's a uh, all-time great receiver for the University of Montana. Finished his career as the all-time leader in receiving yards. Uh, for Grizz football and uh, spent some time in the NFL and uh, now dabbling in a little media stuff uh, himself, but he was also on that 2015 Grizz team, so he's here to recount some memories of that and also catch us up on what's going on with him. Jamal, thanks for being here, my man. How you doing? Good. close I Appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, first and foremost, uh, just give people an update. Where are you at in the world? What's been going on? What have you been doing? We haven't talked to you in a couple of years, so just uh, give people the update.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. A lot's been going on. Um, I've been uh, out in Washington, uh, decided to come back here after spending some time on the East Coast and got into media. I've been working with some local businesses in the area. I've been working with uh, local uh, or former Seahawks players in the area as well and just and just working on expanding my business. Well, very cool. Uh, Awesome to have you back. Awesome to hear from you.
2: Uh, So let's start here at the entry point, then. Take me back to 2015, leading up to the game that you guys opened the season with against North Dakota State. Because you had uh, been in Montana for a little bit, you transferred from the University of Washington, and all of a sudden you got a new head coach in Bob Stitt who's running this uh, new wide-open offense. Uh, but you also knew that you were opening up the season not only against North Dakota State, who was multiple time defending national champs, but also you knew the game was going to be on national television, a week zero matchup for the Grizz with Brent Musburger in the house. So just take me through uh, the couple weeks leading up to it. I mean, what was fall camp like when you knew you were preparing for the Bison? What was kind of the vibe around the team knowing you had the number one team in the country coming to Missoula? Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a
1: tough time because we were transitioning coaches and, you know, whenever you transition to coach, you have all these different kind of changes, you know, from the weight program to the different tra- uh, traditions that usually go on in the program. And, you know, new coaches want to come in and, and do things his way. So not only were we dealing with that, but, yeah, we're having to deal with playing, you know, uh has always been uh, a great football team. And going into fall camp, we knew that. So we knew that we, you know, we had to really get after it. Uh, that entire time, so I do remember that fall camp in 2015. Um, that was definitely one of my uh, better fall camps that I liked because Sit did get us out of there a little earlier uh, than uh, a lot of my other camps. I know, uh, like in the past, I would, but well, we would get done like around nine, ten, but Sit had us out there, out of there by six, which was really nice. Um, but I know the the game plan really focused on the pass attack. Um, and we at the time too we had Ellis, uh, Ben, and I all playing the receivers, and we knew that hey, like this group, like we could really be, you know, we could really do something special. And I know going into that game, they really wanted to put emphasis on the fact that we could really attack their corners. So I know that entire camp, it was really just building relationship with Brady and getting everybody up to speed and, and making sure that we had that pass game right going into the first game.
2: Well, the game with NDSU in town was uh, certainly back and forth early, and uh, you guys were hanging tough. When you went into halftime, though, uh, you were losing just by a score, and uh, I know that Carson Wentz, who went on to become an all-pro quarterback in the NFL, uh, he had kind of been in and out. He got hit a couple times and had an ankle, but... uh, just sitting there down 28-21, what do you remember about halftime? And then how were you guys able to come out in the second half and, and take control of that game?
1: We felt good during halftime. We felt like even though we were down, like we could still we were still right there. The game was going well. A lot of what we were doing on offense, uh, we were getting what we wanted, especially with their corners at the time. Um, and I know it was really positive in the locker room. I don't remember anybody being really frustrated. Everybody was holding their cool. If anything, we were just kind of, you know, talking about the weather and how smoky it was and and how crazy the atmosphere was. Um, I know with, uh, because with what, Britt Musburger, I know Maria Taylor was there. All of them being there, the atmosphere was crazy. So we were, I know we had talked about that a little bit uh, just between the players uh, during halftime. And, you know, everybody was pretty relaxed. And I think that showed going into the second half.
2: Jamal Jones, former record-setting Grizz wide receiver, joining us here on Nuana's Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, around the great state of Montana, and the ESPN MT app. Jamal had eight catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown in Montana's 38-35 win over North Dakota State back in 2015. The last time the Bison and the Grizz squared off, they'll have a uh, renewal of the rivalry in Fargo uh, on Saturday in the second round Uh, of the FCS playoffs. Uh, It goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. You're you're right. Brady Gustafson was throwing the ball everywhere. You, Ellis Henderson, Ben Roberts, everybody's balling. And uh, still, though, North Dakota State, I mean, they hadn't lost in years at that exact moment. And so they're hanging tough, too. And then they take a 35-31 lead. But uh, you guys get the ball uh, last. And uh, I I don't know, man. I grew up in Missoula. I've been going to Grizz games since I was six years old. And I got to tell you, when uh, Joey Counts plowed over the line into the end zone to score the go-ahead touchdown with uh, just a couple seconds left on the clock, I-, I seriously think that was the loudest Washington Grizzly Stadium has ever been. What do you remember about that moment? That was probably one of the great celebrations of your football career.
1: Oh yeah, one of the probably yeah definitely you know that's probably the greatest moment in uh, in, uh football in my football career and you know. Nobody better, better than to go to Joey Counts. I know, he, I mean, he embodied Grizz football. He had dealt with injuries the previous year. So to come back uh, his last year and then to be able to run that touchdown then like, especially somebody like him, like I said, who embodies, you know, Grizz football. He was, he was, I remember he would run down on kickoff and would just obliterate people on kickoff. And then, you know, he, he scores that touchdown. And I, I just remember the feeling of, and hearing the stadium. And like you said, like, it was so loud. I don't think I hadn't heard it that loud ever uh, in my time playing there. That's the loudest I heard it, and just seeing the crowd erupt, everybody run onto the field. uh, It was it was just it was insane. It was insane.
2: Totally insane. Jamal Jones here on the ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls is a great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go check them out there on the south side of town, thirty six twenty one Brook Street. Jamal, the all time leading. Uh, receiver in Grizz football history in terms of yardage, and a guy who had a huge game the last time Montana and North Dakota State played uh, back in 2015. Rehashing some memories from that. It's funny how time uh, just never stops, right? And it's funny how life evolves because you think back. I mean, I, I think that was one of Maria Taylor's first games ever on the sidelines. You know, now she's one of the the faces of the studio show. You know, covering the NFL, and and you know, right. Carson Wentz went on to be at all pro and, I mean, multiple guys, including yourself, uh, went on to play on Sundays and, and stuff. So, uh, you know, there was just so many people that then rose to such great fame or, or were already really famous in that game like Brent Musburger. Hey, have you thought about that, just the, the experience of being around it? I mean, I'm sure that's a story that you like to tell. Like, hey, man, I remember when we played against some beat Carson Wentz. What's it been like to sort of rehashing and seeing uh, how everybody has just evolved since that moment?
1: I mean, yeah, and the, the one thing about football that I've loved is that, you know, not only, do I get, not only did I get to play such a great game, but I got to see so many great stories. You know, being a part, you know, seeing Carson Wentz on the field when we played in college to seeing him going to, you know, turn into an all-pro and, you know, to still be playing today. And even with Maria Taylor, um, I got that. I had the opportunity to have lunch with her during that time when I was uh, in, in Missoula. I know we had done an interview I told her to take out the Good Food Store, and then after the interview, uh, Ellis and I we went to the we went to the Good Food Store, ran into her, and got to just chop it up with her and talk to her a little bit. And now, you know, she's the face. You know, she's on. You know, NBA. She's covering NBA. She's covering football. She's covering everything. And to see her career evolve from what it was to what it is now, same with Carson Wentz and same with other players that I uh, ran across, it's just you know amazing to be able to see how far uh, people go and how talented uh, some individuals really are.
2: And that win, too, it, it was almost like a double-edged sword for you guys because, it, you know, a huge win. You knock off the number one team in the country on your home field. But at the same time, then, I mean, you guys are national news. You're on Sports Center. you know? It's... Uh, everybody wants Bob Stitt on the show. I mean, first-time first, first time coach, first head, first uh, game as the head coach of Montana. Everybody wants him on the radio shows, all that stuff. So, what do you remember just about uh, sort of the ramifications of that game? Because it seemed like there was so much hype coming out of it.
1: Yeah, I just remember, uh, you know, uh, looking back on it, I could definitely say we probably peaked a little too early. I would have definitely taken the second win over the first win. But, you know, a win's a win regardless, but I just think, you know, after that first game, I remember the second game, we ended up playing Cal Poly, and yeah. the atmosphere was the complete opposite. Uh, it was, you know, a lot quieter on campus, weren't as many people in the stands, and it was just a complete 180 from the week before. So I think after that game, like, we had to kind of, like, realize, hey, like, people are going to catch on to what we're doing. People are going to figure us out. We got to find a We got to find – a way to adapt how people are going are going to adapt to us. So that was a big thing after that first
2: game. Yeah. Jamal Jones here on New is now ESPN Radio, former Grizz wide receiver, rehashing some memories from back in 2015, the last time Montana and North Dakota State played. And Jamal, it's, it's interesting. I know you said you, you keep up with the, the Grizz a little bit, but I do think that uh, this Grizz team. Uh, they're totally different than what you guys were doing back then, especially on offense. But I do think that the the uh, the matchup advantages on the outside remain, and I think that that's one spot where the Grizz have long for a long time had great receivers. They've been used in a variety of different ways. Uh, some not enough, some uh, an adequate amount. But I do think that this Grizz team has great wide receivers, and I I just hope that they can see that mismatch as they go to Fargo on Saturday, because I do think that's the one spot where they are going to have a definitive advantage in terms of matchups. So, I mean, you mentioned the fact that you guys kind of knew you guys were going to be able to run by those corners at North Dakota State. I don't expect you to know anything about this year's group of North Dakota State DBs, but that seems to be kind of a trademark when the Big Sky plays those Missouri Valley teams. Seems like the one spot they got an advantage is uh, on the outside. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. And I agree with you on that, too. I think um, the big the big thing with those teams um, in the Missouri Valley is, is their interior, and you know they're they're really disciplined. I know every single time we I think I played, but when I was ever played uh, North Dakota State, what three times? And I remember every every time we played them, I I just remember how disciplined of a team they were. And um, even when we played them in the playoffs, my senior year, I mean we had we had three turnovers, and I'm pretty sure all three of those. Turnovers um, so, a team like NDSU, they're going to take advantage of advantage of your mistakes. Um, they're not going to make very many mistakes uh, themselves. So, I think with the Grizz going into this game, I, I think it's really going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and who who's able to make the team or make the plays on special teams. I think that's going to be uh, a big factor. I think if the Grizz can limit. Uh, there, you know, the turnovers limit the mistakes. I think, I think they'll be all right, and they'll stand. You know, they'll be in a good position.
2: Jamal, thanks for swinging by, man. We really uh, like catching up with you. Uh, welcome back anytime. And uh, in the meantime, be well out there on the West Coast. But thanks for being here with us.
1: Definitely, man. Thanks for having me. Shout out to all my people in Montana. I miss Montana. I haven't been out there uh, since I since I graduated. I do plan on on coming out there next year. So I have to uh, make sure I let you know.
2: Well, thanks, man. Well, uh, be good out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks.
2: Jamal Jones, one of the all-time greats at the University of Montana. A great dude and uh, great player, too. Uh, the all-time leader in receiving yards in Grizz history and uh, multiple-time All-Conference and All-American player for the Grizz, and he was certainly uh, one of the key figures in that game back in 2015 when the Grizz uh, beat North Dakota State 38-35. The last time the two powerhouse programs played, now they play again here in Fargo on Saturday. is Now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, a great gathering place for family and friends alike. Need a place to watch the Grizz game, 1.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Head on down to Paradise Falls. They will have the game on several, if not many, of their 30 big-screen TVs. They also got 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, dinner, food and drink specials, seven days a week. They're open 7 a.m. until midnight, Paradise Falls, located on the south side of Missoula at 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Let's take a look at the other big-time Big Sky Conference FCS playoff game. That one features two Big Sky Conference teams squaring off in Bozeman. Montana State hosts Weber State, Ty McPherson, a Weber State All-Big Sky senior wide receiver, joins us next. Keep it right here. Nuwan is now ESPN Radio.
1: Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: by One of my all-time favorite bands. A, uh, a sad day, Christine McVie, the co-lead singer. One of many lead singers. That's why Fleetwood Mac is so sweet. Christine McVie, Stevie Nicks, Lindsay Buckingham—they all sing. They harmonize. One of the great music acts uh, of our lifetimes. Christine McVie died earlier today, this afternoon, at the age of 79. So this uh, this playlist, an homage to her. It's nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Montana State, Weber State in Bozeman on Saturday, round two. These two teams played on October 22nd at Bobcat Stadium. A uh, really strange game, to say the least. Four snaps out of the back of the end zone by Weber State's long snapper. But also, Weber took a kickoff and a punt to the house for touchdowns in the same quarter. Time Lot threw a pick on the second play of the game. And then Weber scored uh, a field goal right after that. And at one point, Weaver State was up twenty-four to nine, with having run like four offensive plays, five offensive plays. They had they had had the ball for like three minutes on the way to twenty-four points. Then Montana State comes storming all the way back. They run the ball against the uh, one of the best defenses in the conference, uh, basically at will, and that was shocking as well. And it all resulted then in a final of Montana State winning 43-38. That was one of the pivotal victories to help the Bobcats share the Big Sky Conference title and also go undefeated in league play and earn that number four seed, which gives them then this home game. We could digress and talk about uh, how unfortunate it is. The two 10-win teams will play in the second round of the playoffs there uh, in Bozeman on Saturday, but... I think that everybody that's involved in this matchup is looking at this as, if you want to make a national championship run, you're going to have to beat some good teams along the way. And uh, so let's get ready to rumble. I think it's going to be a great game on Saturday again, and uh, certainly one that we are looking forward to. We'll be making the trip over to Bozeman, and uh, so we will uh, be in attendance there at Bobcat Stadium and uh, should be a fun one between two of the big guys, best. Huge weekend across the FCS this upcoming weekend, including a huge Big Sky Conference versus Big Sky Conference game in Bozeman, Montana. It's time now for our Across the Sidelines, presented by Vance Thompson Vision, where we profile and interview subjects for the opponents for both Montana and Montana State. The Grizzlies headed to Fargo to take on North Dakota State, and the all-Big Sky second-round matchup in Bozeman features Weaver State coming off a 38-31 victory over North Dakota, playing at fourth-seeded Montana State. We're joined now by Ty McPherson. He's an All-Big Sky receiver and a senior for the Weber State Wildcats. Ty, thanks for being with us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Excited. First of all, you guys have had uh, playoff rematches before. I you know, I hearken back to 2019 when uh, you came to Missoula uh, towards the end of the regular season and lost to the Grizz and then got them back down at Ogden and, and beat them. Uh, to go to the semifinals there in 2019. So you guys have experience doing this before, but when you first saw Montana State land on the docket after you guys pulled that one out against North Dakota last week, what did you think? What do you think of getting a chance to have a rematch with the Bobcats?
3: Excitement, for sure. I mean, I think the game a couple of weeks ago up there in, in Bozeman was, was a crazy game for both teams. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs. A lot of, you know, it's just it's two really hard-fought, lots of good athletes, lots of, you know, guys that just – loved the game going at it and you know we felt like we had one slip away from us and we uh we we had a feeling after that game that if if we could you know continue to take care of business the rest of the year that we we'd get that match up again with montana state in the playoffs. so you know that that was a a, co- a common conversation around the locker room was that you know we're going to get those guys again so but like let's just keep taking care of business do our things and you know, once it comes to playoffs, we're going to get them again. So when when we saw the bracket on Selection Sunday, we we weren't surprised at all, and we were excited.
2: Well, we get to sort of recounting that last game, which was by all accounts the craziest game we've covered this year in Bozeman. Uh, but first, let's talk about this last week. You guys had a a tough North Dakota team come to town. You were drilling them early, twenty four nothing right out the gates and then they come storming back. So what were the key factors? How were you guys able to, to hang on for that 38-31 victory last week against UND?
3: Yeah, I mean, props to North Dakota. I mean, Missouri Valley Conference teams, you're you're always going to have a good fight with the Big Sky in Missouri Valley Conference. And we knew going into that game they wouldn't give up. And one of our biggest things was we, we got to, like once we get the lead, we got we to gotta keep adding to it. And so, you know, they, they never gave up. Their schemes got better in the second half. They outscored us in the fourth quarter but I, I think for on our end we just started doing things that you know weren't part of our game plan we were making things up some guys weren't you know doing their job and it, it cost us on a couple of plays and we let them get back into the game but at the end of the day in the playoffs it doesn't matter how you win you know whether it's 7-0 or 55 to 48 whatever I mean you, you're just happy to get out with the win and advance to the next week and we Yeah, now we're just preparing for a really good Montana State team.
2: Ty McPherson joining us here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Or maybe you're listening on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. Ty's joined us on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast one time previously this year as well. And uh, Ty, I just want to ask you about the stretch of your guys' season that I thought was was definitely a, a huge challenge for you guys, but also probably defining moments for you guys as well. And that is... When you played that game against Montana State in Bozeman, then you got the Grizz back down in Ogden the next week, and then you played Sac State as well. I know you guys just got the one win in those three games, but you played really well in all three of them, and I think a testament to just how tough the Big Sky was this year. So uh, how would you just sort of sum up that stretch, and also how much do you think just Big Sky Conference play in general prepared you guys for this playoff run? For sure. I mean, the Big Sky
3: Conference is as deep as maybe – we've been in a long time, in my opinion. I've been I've been around for a couple of years now and this is definitely the deepest we've been. And I would say the Big Sky Conference this year is the best conference in the country when it comes to, you know, obviously that we have the most teams in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean we every year you, you usually have a stretch of two, sometimes three games that are just tough teams and of course we got Montana State, Montana Sack State back to back to back. But for us that was that was a huge challenge and it kept us really motivated and and then you know finishing off with Idaho State and then Northern Arizona, those are two you know successful teams. So I mean Idaho State had a had a rough year, but good athletes on both sides of the ball for both teams. So I mean yeah, finishing with those two teams and a good NAU team that gave us a good run. That that set us up perfectly for for our, for the playoffs and you know playing tough teams, teams that will never give up. And I think we like where we're at and. Yeah, we're we're just really really excited. We're preparing, you know, as much as we can for another good, you know, uh matchup this weekend in Mo- in, in Bozeman. So, things are things are shaping up, shaping up really good for us after that tough regular season ending.
2: The Weber State Montana State game, October 22nd, was, I'd say, top 10 craziest games I've ever covered, maybe even top five craziest games I've ever covered. It was definitely the craziest game of this uh, big sky season that we were on hand for between ESPN Montana and Skyline Sports. And uh, I me mean, just couldn't even believe it. And I know a lot of people want to talk about the long snaps out of the back of the end zone, but that was only a part of it. I mean, you guys had kick return and a punt return for touchdowns in the same quarter. I mean, I think you guys were up 24-9, to 9 and you'd only touched the ball one time, and that was on like a three-play drive after Tommy Mallott's early pick uh, that you guys turned into a field goal, and just all sorts of back and forths and just a crazy game. So uh, from your perspective, I mean, what do you remember about it and just how difficult was it to kind of settle in because it was such a an unorthodox start and just such, such an unorthodox game? Oh, I mean
3: the first half I felt like uh the offense we weren't even on the field. Like you said, we had some big time special teams plays and then just some crazy, you know, some longer drives by them and some crazy deals with you know, some mistakes, but I mean that's that's the game of football. I mean I've never seen a game like that. But I mean, uh the receiver room we we took a you know, we took responsibility for a huge part of that game and me being a, a senior and a captain, like I I, I took a huge, huge part of that game to to my to my chest, and I just we all decided that hey, it, it's one game. We got to move on. We got to finish off the season strong, and we'll get them again. And so we we've just tried to stay humble through it. Really tried to clean up the mistakes we made, and you know there was a lot of them, but there was also a lot of really good plays that you know watching the film again. It's it's helping us a lot, and it's given us even more good ideas and good and good schemes. So we're just. You know, crazy game. Can't let it affect you. you. Can't you? Can't think about it. But we're just excited for the rematch. I guess you could say, and just playing them again. And and yeah, it's just it's two two football teams that play really good offense, defense, and special teams. Play hard. It's great atmosphere. It's going to be a great game this Saturday in Bozeman.
2: Ty McPherson, Weber State senior wide receiver, a All Big Sky selection this last year, one of the leading touchdown scorers in the league, caught ten touchdowns this past year for the Wildcats. We were in Bozeman on Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff, second round of the FCS playoffs. It's Across the Sidelines, presented by Advance Thompson Vision, helping you see across the sidelines all season long. Uh, last couple of things for you, Ty. First of all, um, how much do you actually analyze just the film from the last game since it was so unorthodox? And if you do use some of it, what sort of things do you think that you guys can take and, and, uh, and maybe improve on uh, from the last matchup with the Bobcats?
3: Yeah, I mean, as as crazy as the game it was, there were still some really good things we did and there were still some a, a ton of things that we got to clean up. So, I mean, just watching certain individual players, see how they've changed from that week until, you know, their last game two weeks ago against Montana. Certain things like that, watching individual players and seeing, you know, what they're doing up front, what, what's going to be good for us, what's going to be good in the past. You know, just a normal film study, but yeah, that game was, it was crazy, but a lot to learn on both special teams and offense for me. And then a lot of defense, defensive guys are just, you know, trying to figure out exactly what the game plan is going to be and, and how Montana state's going to utilize, you know, a couple really, a really good returning running back and Tommy Malott and then and chambers as well. You know, there's, there's a bunch of weapons on offense and we just got to make sure we're dialed in in the film study room and, just doing whatever we can to prepare for a really good matchup this Saturday.
2: Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your guys' outstanding running back. It uh, seems like he's back to full strength as well. Josh Davis has been a multiple-time All-American and uh, such a stalwart there at Weber. I know uh, this last year has not gone necessarily how he wanted, but he broke out in a big way last week, 129 yards rushing. So what sort of element does he bring just returning into your guys' offense?
3: Josh is an absolute warrior. I mean, when you – josh josh davis is the kind of guy you want to you want on your team and and, you know as a receiver we of course we want we want to catch as many balls as possible and all that but i love blocking for josh davis i mean he always makes you right even if i don't necessarily have the greatest block he always makes that that right cut or that right move and he always makes your film look a lot better so i mean it's it's been awesome i I, we feel bad for him he's fighting through a lot and he he's feeling really good and he's looking good, but you know this season has been tough for him. But our running back room is is deep, and we got a lot of guys that are hungry and humble, and they just they do their job, and that's all you can ask
2: for. Ty McPherson, Weber State, here on Nuanas. Nuanasdale. Last thing for you, Tyvin, what uh, what are the keys for you guys if you're going to keep on moving on here in the FCS playoffs?
3: Just doing the little things. I mean, we got a we got a really young team, but we also have a lot of guys that have played in a lot of a lot of big games and have played in a lot of games. So, you know, if we, if we just trust the game plan, which we always do, we have great coaching staff. They always put us in great positions and they do their job. If we can just do our job and execute the game plan, we we're a really good football team and we do things right. And, and I think that's what it's going to take for sure against the really good disciplined, uh well-rounded Montana state team. They do it. They do it well on all three phases of the ball. So if, if we can do our job, if we can do the little things correctly, it's it's going to be a really good game, and we're gonna we're gonna put ourselves in a good position to, you know, go up to, go up to Bozeman and put on a put on a show, and 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 overall just have a just just going to be a good game, good atmosphere, and hopefully we'll come out of there with a win.
2: Weber State at Montana State Saturday afternoon, Bobcat Stadium. A trip to the FCS quarterfinals on the line between two of the Big guys' best, Ty McPherson, Weaver State wide receiver, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Ty, appreciate the time, my man. Thanks so much for always carving some out for us. And uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thanks for being here.
3: Thank you, Colter. I appreciate your time. Take care.
2: What a nice guy, man. Those Weber State guys, so well-spoken. Love catching up with them. That's the thing I hope that everybody can remember is I know there's a lot of passion, and there's also a lot of vitriol and emotion that's behind being a sports fan. But at the end of the day, these guys are just, like, young men. I mean, they're just people. They, they, they are not heroes, I hate to tell you. And uh, almost every single one of them, as you hear over and over and over and over again on this here radio show and across many media outlets across the Big Sky, across the country, they're awesome, awesome dudes. It's one of my favorite parts about covering Big Sky and FCS Football is, uh, most guys aren't going to the NFL. Most guys don't think they're going to the NFL. Most guys are just doing it for the love of the game, the love of their teammates, the love of their programs, and uh, the love of each other. And that's uh, that's a cool thing. Weber State at Montana State on Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff from Bobcat Stadium, the uh, second round of the FCS playoffs featuring two of the Big Sky Conference's best teams, thanks to Ty McPherson and All-Big Sky Senior Wide Receiver for the Wildcats for joining us here on Across the Sidelines. Across the Sidelines presented all season long by Vance Thompson Vision. Vance Thompson Vision helping you see across the sideline, whether you need consultation for LASIK surgery or cataracts or you have any questions about your eyes, Vance Thompson Vision can help you. Visit VanceThompsonVision.com today. What's going on the rest of the week? I bet you have a guess. SES playoffs, duh. We'll keep doing it. Keep on rolling. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio.
1: one is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
2: As our um Fleetwood Mac tribute playlist comes to a conclusion because of the death of Christine McVie, one of the lead singers, uh, I had to play that one just because uh, I think of all of the, the great hits and, and most of Fleetwood Mac's stuff is is mystical and and uh, some like some, some would even say like full of witchcraft. That's probably her best pure vocal performance. The Fleetwood Mac would wrap up concerts with uh, encores. That that was their one of their main encore songs, and Christine McVie would sing that oftentimes solo. And you know, I mean, if you ha- if you haven't been able to tell from this show today already. I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, and that was uh, a tragic one today because uh, Christine McVie was 79. So life well lived for sure. But uh, I always had hopes and dreams and aspirations that maybe I could catch Fleetwood Mac just once before the original members uh, were no longer around, and uh, won't get that chance now. But uh, so they wanted to remember uh, a pivotal member. I mean, if if you've studied Fleetwood Mac, you know anything about the story of Fleetwood Mac. So much drama <laughs> within their their walls, and I mean, you talk about two married couples in a band together uh, in the 1970s. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> but somehow, uh, Christine McBee was the uh, the one that was kind of above all the the crazy drama, and uh, that's probably what made it that so that Fleetwood Mac could could be a band for for three plus uh, decades. So, uh, rest in peace to one of the great. Songwriters and uh, one of the most unforgettable voices in the history of, of rock and roll. Noah's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for riding along with us here uh, on your Wednesday. If you missed anything in the show today, jam packed, full of great insight, mostly about the FCS playoffs, but also about Grizz Hockey as well. Uh, we. Heard from Sam Herder, hero of sports. Talking all the way around the FCS playoff bracket. We also heard from Trayton Pickering, tight end for the Montana State Bobcats. Heard from Jamal Jones, legendary Grizz wide receiver. Rehashing some memories from the uh, last time Montana and North Dakota State played back in 2015. He was a stud on that Grizz team that beat the Bison 38-35. And also talked a little bit about that matchup as well. And uh, also heard from Ty McPherson, the senior wide receiver and captain for the Weaver State Wildcats as they make their way to Bozeman on Saturday. All that, plus Mike Anderson's interview from Grizz Hockey, can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M-Store uh, and the MSU Bookstore. If you're looking for Christmas presents for uh, your Grizz fans in your life, head on down to the M-Store there, uh, located at the corner of Broadway and Higgins. New location right in the heart of downtown. They have great selection of Grizz gear, especially stuff for uh, the cold weather. So uh, if you need some Grizz gear uh, for the Grizz fans in your life, at the M Store, they are all Grizz all the time. Also, the Inouye's Now podcast presented by the MSU Bookstore. If you need some gear before Saturday's uh, playoff game, head on down to the MSU Bookstore. They have all sorts of great deals and all sorts of cool Bobcat gear uh, as well. Tomorrow... uh, Again, of course we are. We're talking FCS playoffs, and uh, we're going to hear from some more subjects from within this uh, these two games involving the Montana schools. We'll get things kicked off with Matt Entz, the head coach of North Dakota State, and we'll give you some further analysis, keys of the game, things to watch for Montana's trip to Fargo. We also uh, will share some sound bites from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. We're also going to hear from Jay Hill, Head coach of the Weber State Wildcats. We'll also hear from Brent Vegan, the head coach of the Montana State Bobcats. So, uh, basically, the four head coaches uh, for those two games will join us. We're also going to have Brooks Nuana's of Skyline Sports, as well as our NFL uh, gambling aficionado. A broad conversation about the NFL in general, as well as some of our best bets for the week. So, all that will happen tomorrow on Nuana's. Now, uh, usually, we like to spread the interviews out with the coaches. Uh, but the reason we're stacking them up tomorrow is because Friday we got the illustrious return. Rajim Seabrook, back in the saddle, haven't talked to our guy Raj in a while, but he'll be rolling with us on Friday. So uh, that'll be very fun. We'll also have our great friend Carolyn, the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports on Friday, too. So um, jam-packed rest of the week, fun as always. And uh, we appreciate you, as always, for following along. The uh, World Cup continues and uh, we're getting closer and closer to having a, a full uh, knockout stage uh, solidified but some some results from uh, earlier today um, first of all Mexico despite winning today will not make it to the knockout stage and that's the first time since the 70s that Mexico has, has not advanced. So, um, that's pretty crazy. Australia beat Denmark today. Uh, here's your scores for today. Australia beat Denmark 1-0. Uh, Tunisia beat France 1-0. Argentina beat Poland 2-0. And uh, Saudi Arabia lost to Mexico. Mexico beat Saudi Arabia 2-1. But Mexico not going to the uh, the knockout stage. So... Um, plenty of stuff to still be determined on the World Cup. We'll keep giving you updates as we can. Uh, that's pretty crazy. That's the news of the day. No Mexico in the knockout stage, and America is in the knockout stage. So uh, I wonder when the last time that happened was. Probably a really long time if Mexico has uh, made it to the knockout stage at least, all the way back to uh, the 1970s. I'm Colter, it's a pleasure to be here with you today as it is every day. Thanks so much for riding along with us. It's a big snowstorm coming tonight. So be safe out there, drive slow, take your time, and uh, stay warm. We'll be back at it 4 p.m. tomorrow with another jam-packed show. We'll see you then. This has been is Now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know – If you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury, accidents, things like that?